Unique, you, unique New York. I can't even say it. Unique, 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 unique New York. I love Watch. scotch. Scotchy, scotch, scotch. Here it goes down. <laughs> down in my belly. On the podcast today, we have Mary Anderson of All Organized. We had a lot of fun with Mary, certainly learned a ton, and just came away from our conversation feeling great, inspired, and energized. Mary is one of the most purposeful and introspective people we know, and you will hear some of the unique ways she creates harmony between being an entrepreneur and a mom. She shares things down to tactical daily advice and broadens out into certain theories for why she does things her own unique way. If you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. Leave us a review in iTunes to let us know how we're doing. We really, really would love to hear from you. And feel free to share this with your pals and buddies. All right, let's get to it. Please enjoy our conversation with Mary Anderson. Welcome to the Everson Cooper Podcast. We are entrepreneurs that are interested in what makes people successful. In this podcast, we sit down with a wide range of people with diverse perspectives and backgrounds. We dive into the obstacles that they've had to overcome, their successes, unique experiences, and everything in between. Our goal is to continuously learn from those around us and share their knowledge so that we can all find something that makes us better and makes those around us better. We hope you enjoy. Mary, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. All right, so... This is going to be a cool thing to do, talking about mompreneurs, entrepreneurs that are moms, moms that are rocking it in the business world, uh, having two full-time jobs, being a mom, being a business owner, having children, having employees. Uh, it's a whole, whole, I'm sure, fantastic mess of things. I'm not a parent, so I, I don't know. Uh, we have a chocolate lab and a business, and I'm already overwhelmed. <laughs> we can go out at night and you know leave a bowl of food and water, and Cooper is doing just fine. I don't think you can do that with children and get away with it legally. Uh, yeah, yeah, true. That would be bad. Yeah, that would so, not be great. Yeah. So my hat is already off to you for for being a business. <laughs> Keeping him alive. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> so what I what I want to start with is to kind of give our listeners some context of what you're currently doing, Mm -hmm. where you currently are, because you're an entrepreneur right now, you're a mom right now, and then we'll dig a little bit more into how the heck did you get here? Where, you know, we'll talk talk about, you know, your your kid and and all that. So, but right now, Mm -hmm. uh, what do you do? Right now, I am the co-owner and organizer for All Organized, uh, we are an organizing company. Um, my business partner, Elizabeth Strauss, and I um, began this, and we help people move through transitions in life, whether that is transitioning into a new stage in life, like, you know, hey, we're married, and now we're trying to combine a household, or, you know, our children are leaving the nest, and we're empty nesters, and we need to change the way that our space works, or uh, transitions as um, intense as someone has passed away, we need to remove the things from the home and, you know, kind of live through these experiences of the things that they've collected and transition away from it. Um, and also helping seniors downsize as well. So seniors that are moving into facilities uh, or into communities, uh, we're a part of that process as well. So those transitions can look a lot of different ways, um, but we love what we do because we get it's different every day. 
kind of like parenting. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I was going to ask to maybe um, go a little bit more into is how each day can be incredibly different because you have uh, maybe an elderly person who's downsizing and it probably takes a lot of patience and compassion. And you might have someone who could be really incredibly difficult who might be a hoarder. And you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. we've got to get this done because you're moving in two days and the right. clock is ticking. Right. We've got to stop making decisions and start making action. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a, I say that a lot. Like we're past the place of choosing and we're at the place of moving. So mm-hmm. like we've got to get things moving. Um, and it, you're right. Some days it is as simple as like, let's arrange your spice cabinet, which uh, let me tell you, after the day that I've had where I just did a eight hour install in a garage, um, doing a spice cabinet feels great. <laughs> <laughs> like it's really rewarding, you know, Give me uh, all the spice. Cabinets. Absolutely. So some days it's, um, as the owners of the business, we, we do networking, right? So some of our days, like we look really nice and we're, we're meeting people and explaining our business and talking about our story and educating clients and meeting new clients and consultations and those sorts of things. And then other days we're in the work, and um, where we're either training employees on the job as we're doing what we're doing. Um, or then it's all the background stuff, you know, it's the accounting, it's the, um, training and advancement for the employees is really important to me. We're a young business. We only have six employees so far, but we want to be international. You know, we want to be a really big business. And so I'm a systemized person. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to build systems as we grow Mm -hmm. so that we can grow and evolve a system instead of trying to fix it, uh, later on, if that makes any sense. Sure. Mm -hmm. Sure. So talk a little bit about how the company got started. You're the your co-owner. Of course, yes. of course, we know the the the, the founder, the the other co-owner. But mm-hmm. have, talk a little bit of cha- talk a little bit about your partner in crime, your partner in business, <laughs> and uh, kind of how you two work together. And then yeah, the the vision going forward. Yeah, absolutely. So Elizabeth Strauss um, started her organizing business as Be Organized. Um, she was a little girl with a dream. And she wanted to, she's been organizing people since she was a small child. And she finally decided when she was fed up with the corporate world that she wanted to do something that she loved. And that thing is organizing. If it, even if she had a million dollars, she would still want to do what, what we do today. And essentially it's empower people. Um, I met her the first day on her own. Um, she walked into my networking group. And it was like seven in the morning and she was a little doe eyed and I'm like, come on in. Like, you know, we just instantly became friends. And, uh, the way that we tell it is the stars aligned and we fell in friend love and we, you know, I have an, have a background in entrepreneurship because my parents are entrepreneurs. Um, I was raised by two very, very committed entrepreneurs. So there was a lot of things that I could tell her. I was like, Hey, have you thought about this? Have you looked into this? Have you considered these options? And not having those experiences like th- that I had had, it helped her kind of direct and make some choices early on in the business. Then when Harvey happened, we, her and I went around just mucking out houses for anybody that would allow us uh, with a with a hammer into their home, um, into their flooded homes, of course. <laughs> uh, we started mucking out houses and realized how much we enjoyed working really hard together. Um, and our visions and values are very similar. You know, empowering people being honest and open, like those are the cores of of who we are as people. And we just want to grow and kind of expand in so many aspects. And so she said, we were actually in line at Whataburger, um, after one of these Harvey days. And she says, would you consider being my business partner? And I felt like it was a proposal. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) 
I was like, wait, what do you mean? And she's like, no, like, would you consider being my business partner? I just, the ideas that you have and like our brainstorming just really get so much bigger when I have, when I, when I brainstorm with you than by myself. Like I never would have thought of these things. I never would have had these outlets or avenues. And we just, we did really good back and forth kind of, um, helping each other think in different ways and changing perspective. And so I thought about it and, um, I changed, I was like, Oh God, this is really scary to leave my corporate job where I have insurance and, you know, I'm a single parent. So if, if it ain't coming in, mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing's happening. Sure. So that was a really scary prospect. And I went to my folks and I said, what do you think about this? And my mom and my dad said, Mary, there's nothing you've ever tried that you weren't brilliant at. And if you really feel passionate about this, um, then do it and be smart and ask for help when you need it. And so I, the next day, went to my boss. Um, his, his name was Mike, and he was a great guy. I said, hey, I think I'm going to quit. And he was like, no, no, you can't quit. I was, I was in sales at the time, and I had a huge, like the largest deal that this particular division had ever had was about to close. He's like, no, 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 you can't quit. You've got to see this deal through. <laughs> so I was like, okay, look, once the deal closes, then I'm out. And he's like, okay, but what are you going to be doing? And I explained what I was going to be doing. He was like, oh, girl, you'll be fine. You'll be totally great. But please don't leave until this deal finishes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's how it happened. And I left the corporate world and we started out together. We changed the name of the company from Be Organized to All Organized because we have visions for this to be a franchise one day. Mm-hmm. And so we are two weeks away from our trademark being finished. Nice. Yes, nice. man, that's a, that's some work getting that stuff figured out. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of where we're at. That's so awesome. It's so incredible to see like you guys working together and obviously like I get to work with you a lot and you just do, you totally feed off of each other. You're very dynamic, but also it's very easy to feel loved by you and like not like you always say, you know, um, what is it? Bring the order in and keep the judgment out. Mm -hmm. And it's so true. Like you really do do that and I've personally experienced the services of all organized <laughs> hence my half of the office is very it's, well okay well it's very organized and um well the other half isn't but that's okay um but I mean you really do like get in there and and really care about what matters to the person and when I was working with Elizabeth on my office we were going through notes from when I started this business and she was very sweet about like do you really still need these? But she totally like honored the fact that like I kept my notes right. from like day yeah. one of starting yeah. this business. And yep. it was cool. You guys are great at that. So awesome. I think the important thing is to understand your tendency. Like, are you a piler? Or are you a filer? Mm-hmm. Or are you the type of person that needs to have a transition space in your home? Like we're a family that's on the go constantly. Mm-hmm. And so I have to have a space for the in-between things, the things that don't necessarily need to get put away and the things that need to be ready to walk out the door tomorrow. And that's what I love so much about what we do is that we get to figure out who you are and where you are in the moment and make mm-hmm. a space that serves you the best. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned you went to your parents, you had a conversation with them huh. and said, Hey, I think I'm thinking about doing this. And they were all, they were supportive. They were all in. Yes. I've, I've made a lot of really big leaps in my life and my parents have, uh, they've gotten much better at being like, yeah, you're great. Go for it. You, you, you've <laughs> proven to us you can manage this. Sure. Not so much in the first few hundred leaps. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I think we can all say that uh, yeah. about ourselves. What were the things that you were 
the things that were coming across your mind that you were considering the 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 risks that you were weighing versus the opportunity what was that thought process like when you were essentially you had you know relatively a comfort comfortable job i mean you were mm-hmm. doing well you, yeah. you know, had a really big account that you were you know were, were closing you know you had things taken care of uh in terms of you know insurance mm-hmm. that you were able to provide for your family which you know having children I mean, that's an important thing yeah because you, know, you have a son i do right? i have a five-year-old son and you know boys like to get hurt and <laughs> cuts and scrapes and bruises and whatever and so yeah. i'm sure you know girls are, are similar i'm sure but uh, boys have a tendency. Uh, I certainly can speak out of experience, <laughs> and I have two older brothers. Uh, we were, you know, in and out of, you know, urgent care in a hospital, of, you know, for a lot of different things that you, know, you can't certainly can't plan for. And so you do need a lot of that stability. Right. Uh, so talk about the things you were you were thinking about, and you were, you know, the risks and versus mm-hmm. the opportunity. I think the thing most importantly was the traditional. American standard logistics of having a family in like the financial aspect, mm-hmm. right? So the first would be insurance. I was freaking out over insurance and like I shopped and shopped and shopped and shopped and like there's so many products now for insurance. And what I found was that all of them were really expensive, but I felt like I wasn't getting anything out of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I actually was with my hypnotist. I have a great hypnotist that I love and she helps me with like through meditative practice kind of hone in the the thoughts that ramble. And she asked me, she said, what are you really afraid of? Like, are you afraid because you were told to be scared? Or are you afraid because you are actually afraid? Is this a story that somebody else made up for you and manufactured? Or did you come up with this yourself? And I said, you know, I think what I'm afraid of is that I can't afford something if my child, <clears throat> you know, if he gets hurt, mm-hmm. what happens if we have to life light? And mm-hmm. she says, okay, well, that's a legitimate fear, but what's the likelihood that'll happen? And so kind of having that checks and balance with her. And she was really great at that. Mm-hmm. So um, my hypnotist asked me the question. She said, what do you have to be afraid of? And I said, well, I'm really afraid about like health insurance. Mm-hmm. Like it just seems like this big beast and I don't really understand the ins and outs of it. And every time I talk to somebody, like it's just way over my head. And so she says, well, go back and look at your medical history for the last two years and call around and see what it would have costed for you to pay for it cash and what would it have costed with these different insurances? And so I was like, oh my God, you're brilliant. Thank you so much. That's exactly what I need. It was essentially like a um, real life study mm-hmm. of, of what our practice of insurance usage would have been like. And when I did that, I realized really quickly that the day-to-day stuff, I could cash roll. And it was much less expensive than having traditional insurance. Mm-hmm. You know, like going for a, um, an earache, 78 bucks when I pay cash. But they bill my insurance 90 you know, so I found out those things really quickly. Like, oh, we go to the doctor maybe three times a year. Caden, maybe maybe one or two times more than that. So I figured out that budget and I just set that money aside. And then I just, I found an insurance policy that was for like the huge accident stuff. The things that are like, you know, the life flight situation sure. or God forbid, like we have to go to an uh, orthopedic surgeon to get a new arm or something like that. You know, like I, I never want those things to happen. However, my kid's an adventure child, so who knows? Uh, but I, I just checked that off the list, you know, like this is handled. And that made me feel more confident. And then I went to the next thing on the list was like, you know, how much money do I actually need to sustain this household? Well, we live really frugally. Um, I am not a spender of, of, of money. The only time I really spend money is on vacations. Mm-hmm. 
And so I thought, okay, well, what a great way to kind of motivate myself and like make sure that this happens is I have enough cushion because that big deal is closing, right? I have enough cushion that I can float myself for a year. And if I'm going to have a, a travel budget, I'm going to have to work my butt off. And this is what it's going to look like. And so check that off the list. That was okay, right? And then the next thing was the time. That was the really big piece for me. It's like, how am I going to do that and do this? Everybody says, you know, when they're not a business owner, like, oh, I want to, I want to own my own business. So I have a flexible schedule. Flexible into the wee hours of the night. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> flexible because you're working when no one else is. And I, I knew that because I'd witnessed my parents through that, you know, through the thin times, through the times when it was more work than anybody had the ability mm -hmm. to manage. And so I knew that there was going to be days like that. And so I then made an action plan of how I was going to handle those things. How am I going to manage that? Like, who are my allies? Mm -hmm. um, what is the best scope to, to figure out the way through the hurdle? And at the end of the day is, how do I manage my time? Because that's the important piece, right? I only have 24 hours in the day, mm -hmm. begrudgingly. Like everybody else, it really makes me mad sometimes. Mm -hmm. But how do I do that? And I absolutely can. And so a lot of things I right off the bat knew I couldn't do, and that was going to be things like Facebook. So I immediately erased social media. You know, that's that's taking my time away. Mm -hmm. um, I had to kind of create like a block schedule of like this is the time that I'm with Kaden, and this is what we're going to have to, like we're going to have to get these tasks taken care of in this amount of time. And so I started to treat... Uh, the functions of our home kind of as a secondary business mm -hmm. um, that was equal to the business I was moving into. So you mentioned that your parents, they were a sounding, sounding board for you when you kind of took this big leap mm -hmm. from your previous you know, corporate gig mm -hmm. to being an entrepreneur, entrepreneur now. And then you also just mentioned that your parents, uh, you saw them, uh, they essentially were an inspiration to you or they, you looked to them uh, for they were entrepreneurs, they were business owners. Right. So talk a little bit about the things that you maybe saw growing up yeah. and, and, and what they did. Yeah, uh, and then kind of maybe how you've taken some of that now and applied it you know, you know, currently. Right. Yeah, so my parents, um, my dad was a commercial diver <laughs> in the beginning of their, of their marriage, and he was injured. So um, he had to figure out something. And my dad is a really resourceful man. Um, and so he somehow out of the blue, I don't exactly remember how this came about, but he started a lawnmower business out of our garage <laughs> that then turned into like a, a lawnmower store in Dayton, Texas. And one day a guy shows up and shows him a Polaris four wheeler. And he's like, Hey, would you consider selling these? And my dad's like, sure. You know, like, sounds good to me. Like, let's do this. And, um, I'm sure there was a lot more thought that went into it than that, but, um, <laughs> My dad's the type of guy that like really shoots from the hip and he, he has a really good feeling of somebody and their potential, like off the, you know, really off the cuff. And, um, so he took on that opportunity and they started selling four wheelers and then they became one of the largest dealerships, um, in, in Texas. And, uh, then they moved their business and expanded it in a really big way. And it's still functioning today. My sister and brother-in-law and brother actually run and manage that business. I worked in the business until I was 17 and I realized really early that I did not want to work in a family business because I wanted to have, you know, autonomy. I wanted to have my own thing. Um, and I, I never intended to be an entrepreneur because I didn't, my parents were never off work, you know, mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. as a child, I was like, gosh, like, can we just not go to work today? Because I started going to work really early, um, with my mom because 
where else was I going to go? <laughs> you know, it's the summertime. I was at the office. I mm-hmm. became a title clerk really, really early on in my life. Learned how to type. She also had a video store. I managed the video store too. Like, wow. yeah, so many things. Um, I can count back change really good. <laughs> um, but I didn't want to have a life where I couldn't take vacation. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to have a life where somebody wasn't paying me to take vacation. So I completely separated myself from that. And I was like, hey, good luck. Godspeed, you friends, mom and dad, brother, sister, brother-in-law, like, good luck. And I became a hairdresser um, because that was my fastest way out of the town that I grew up in. Um, and I wanted to travel. And so this is something I figured out, Hey, I could find a way to, to work this into a travel job. And I did that pretty quickly, like right out of cosmetology school, I started working with a hair color company as a master educator. And that allowed me to, um, present and perform essentially on stage. Uh, but I also got to hone a craft that I really, really loved. You know, it was, it was a creative outlet that I never knew I needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a blast. And I had a wonderful mentor who is also a huge pain as well, but he was great because he was the perfect balance. He was the yin to my yang. And we traveled um, all over the world. Uh, even went to India and Paris and, you know, did tons of hair shows in Mexico. And uh, our territory was from California all the way to Florida, um, the southern half of the United States. And so we got to, I got to experience so much and I got to lead a team for the first time then. And it was, I got some huge life lessons about not taking on everything, mm-hmm. um, not being the one that's the savior. Uh, I was always trying to prevent people from being burdened. Mm-hmm. And in that process, I was removing tasks from people. And so they felt that they, I didn't think that they could manage their job or that they had the skills. I was, I was, but in exchange, I was just trying to be helpful, Right. So I got some really good lessons in that. Um, And when 2008 happened, the hair industry changed significantly. So all the education jobs changed. And I was really burnt out at the time and really kind of burnt out on the industry. Um, And when I traveled, we always went to Whole Foods Market. And that was my Zen garden. That was the one place that I could go and like smell the hippy dippy oils and like, you know, drink a $9 juice. And it just felt really good. I loved it. I love that stuff. And so I walked into a Whole Foods in Houston and I said, hey, um, I need somebody to give me a job in the vitamin department. And this lady, her name is Catherine. She was like, who are you? And I said, I'm your next employee. <laughs> like, you're going to love me. I can sell anything. Ice to an Eskimo is what I told her. And she's like, um, okay, send me your resume. So I sent her my resume and I'm highly too qualified for this job, right? And she says, um, I don't think this is a good fit for you. Like, would you consider leadership? I'm like, nope, nope, nope. I'm good. I just want, I just want to sell vitamins. I want to talk to people about supplementation and teas. Like that's all I want to do. And so she hired me as a part-time vitamin specialist for like 10 bucks an hour, I think. And that lasted for about two weeks. And then I became a buyer and then I became a team leader. And then I, uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot, a lot happened in Whole Foods. I, I worked for them for four years and moved to Seattle opened a store there. Um, that's when I got pregnant with my son and got coerced into coming back to Texas. <laughs> uh, cause that's where my family is. And this is where my family is and uh, his dad's family is. Um, and then when he was about one years old, I was offered, I was headhunted to Apple and I went to work for Apple, um, Apple computers, Apple Inc. And I was a store manager for them. And that was a very large team, um, to lead in a retail environment, it was huge. It was interesting and different and um, 
the best way I can describe my job is I was like hostage negotiator <laughs> for the clients who were escalated that um, didn't have um, good expectations about what, what our capabilities were, sure. right? Like, I can't fix the fact that you never backed up your 12-year-old Mac, you know, like, but I will gladly listen to how you feel. Right. <laughs> so that was a really interesting skill set that I learned with that. Um, and then I was burnt. I was really, really tired because I had this little kid and I was working so much that I, um, I was spending like $1,800 a month on childcare outside of school tuition because I needed morning help and evening help and weekend help because Mm -hmm. I worked in a retail store. So, um, I got headhunted again to a company called Paychex, which is a payroll HR services company. And I had been working in HR at, at Apple and it was a Monday through Friday job. And for the first time in my life, I'm like, huh, Monday through Friday, <laughs> nine to five. I wonder what that feels like. Like, that sounds interesting. Like, who, what, what do you even do with all your time, you know? And so I, I did it. I walked away from the great benefits of Apple and did that job. And um, it now looking back, it definitely seems like it was a stepping stone. Like the universe was pushing me. Mm-hmm to get there so that I could be in the path that I'm in now. And that's when I met Elizabeth and that's when I met y'all. And that's when like this network that I have that I'm so proud and privileged to be a part of here in this community, um, came to be. And without that weird kind of step off the path of what I thought I was doing, I never would have, um, gotten there. You have a lot more. I think that we could, we could unwrap in each individual one, but I kind of want to get to, The balancing, and you, and you alluded to this uh, at Apple, the balancing of <clears throat> wanting to aspire to, to achieve something for yourself. You know, right. you, 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 know you, you wake up and you have a purpose every single day um, outside of you know, being a mom. Uh, and so I want to get to where you try and balance that. So you wake up every single day, and mm-hmm. you seem like you've always had a purpose. <laughs> now, of course, things were added to yeah. the purpose. You became a mom. So talk about that time period in your life. What what was that adjustment like? Um, I guess, what, was there nervous energy? Were you incredibly, you were like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Or you were like, what? Yeah, I never, I was never the parent that, I was never the mother-to-be that was like, oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. This is great. I'm like, Holy cow, what <laughs> what has happened? What am I gonna do? What is going to happen? I was always a little bit like, I guess, shocked. Mm-hmm. Shocked in all, you know? And then like when the shock would wear off, the like overwhelming wave of how am I gonna manage this anxiety happened. Um and so I had to get really I guess tactful. No, not tactful. Um what's the word? I had to get very honed in on what was effective. And mm-hmm. so I had to, I, I'm a list writer. Lists help me. Lists bring me peace. Mm-hmm. And so I had to write down an inventory of what I knew to be true about myself. So on this list, this inventory list, it would say things like, um, some of you in this room may have heard this list before. <laughs> um, have I ever been met with something that felt like a ch- an overwhelming challenge that was incapable and I would say, yes. And then I would write myself a couple of examples. You know, a time that I'd really overcome something. Mm-hmm. I would say, am I loved? Am I safe? Yes, yes, right? Um, do I feel like I have allies? Do I have people that would, you know, come to me in the middle of the night if I needed help? Like, do I have that community? 
Um, yes, I do. And I would list out a couple people, right, for, for specific tasks. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, am I, am I resourceful? And I would list some examples of how I was resourceful. Because no matter what the situation has been in my life, I've always been very good at finding a solution. Mm-hmm. It may not look like everybody else's and it may not be pretty, but I will find a way to get to the answer that serves me well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the, one of the, the list changes a lot, but one of the last things I always ask myself is, am I capable of meeting my own expectations? And sometimes that answer is yes, and sometimes that answer is I have no idea. And if it's a no idea, then I have to backtrack and figure out why. But I take that inventory all the time. All the time. Where did that come from? I have no idea. I have no idea. I think it may have come from, I had a really great life coach. His name was Adam Miles. Um, and Adam would always, he was really good at kind of turning things back on you to say like, mm-hmm. when have you been here before? Because nothing is actually original. When have you been here before and how did you handle it then? Mm-hmm. Were you capable? Did you move through it? And I think I just turned that into a list because that's my tendency, right? Is a list. Um, and so that's what I did. And so those days, whenever I'm looking at this beautiful child that I am scared to death of, I, I would come to those, to that list, you know, like, am I capable of managing this? You know, am I loved? Do I have allies? And just knowing that brought me the comfort to make the next step, to mm-hmm. make the next decision. Did you ever feel like, no, you weren't capable of handling? Oh, 100%. 100%. And that's where you have the allies. And that's right. when you go to the allies. And you say, allies, I need your help either reminding me or I need your help just doing the thing that it is. Mm-hmm. I had right. really severe postpartum mm-hmm. um, because I am a perfectionist. And I had this, I had this desire. Um, I have two patterns that I work through in my life. One is perfectionism and one is impressiveness. I have a need to be perfection and impressive. Why I don't know. Well, I do know why it's a long story, but um, in those patterns, it's no way to show up in a relationship. And what I was trying to do with this small being is build a relationship. Mm-hmm. I needed to build trust with him. I needed to build trust in myself that I could care for him. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't going to happen if I was trying to impress anybody outside of our relationship. And so I had to let that go. And once I did that, I kind of felt the the veil or the cloud of the depression um, really start to recede. And that's when I could start to get back to my list and recognize that, oh, I, I am capable of these things or I wouldn't have this opportunity to have this sweet boy. Oh, I love all of that. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. incredible. I, I really like that. And I wonder how many people do a version of that. And I actually wonder, now I'm thinking to myself, do I do a version yeah. of that? And, 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 I don't necessarily articulate it like right. that. Yeah. You just kind of go back and, you know, like, who, yeah. okay, I haven't figured this out. I need some help. Okay, who are my allies? You know, right. go back to that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I appreciate you saying that. That's, that's really amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I'm always looking for allies, too. I have, like, mm-hmm. this kind of... I think of, we all are. This kind of beacon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think we all are. You're totally right. But I kind of have this beacon, and I'm like, where? how will this person... How can I serve them? And then how will they serve me one day? Like, yeah. how? Mm-hmm. what is the skill set that they're bringing? Um this is kind of a joke, but it's kind of real too. In uh, 2010, I had this, uh, I read this book and it was about a post, post-apocalyptic like zombie world. I can't remember the name of the book, but it really inspired me to get some skills. Like it's like you, if, if a zombie apocalypse did happen or an apocalypse, you know, whatever happened, would I be able to feed myself? Mm-hmm. Could I grow food? Could I harvest food? Can I make clothes? Like, and so I started building these skills. Mm-hmm. 
teaching myself. There's no reason to not know something these days because YouTube. Right. Sure. You know? Yeah. Like, Google and YouTube and I can manage anything. Um, and in that process, I realized that I am so, I'm such a good learner and I love to learn and I'm inspired by that. And so I constantly try to challenge myself in new tasks. Uh, right now I'm trying to learn, <laughs> I'm trying to learn, um, how to get better with like the social media stuff. Like social media is not something I enjoy. It feels really kind of lugubrious to me, uh, a laborious task, but I'm trying to understand, you know, why is it that it's so interesting to us? Mm-hmm. Why is it that we choose to market this way? You know, how, why, how, why is it effective mm-hmm. and how can we do it more fluidly? So it doesn't feel so lugubrious and it doesn't so feel so laborious to us. Right. Um, because it's, it's been great for our business and it's great to connect with people. I've just got to figure out why it feels that way to me. And so that's what I'm working on right now. I love how introspective you are and how you really like help to validate things and feelings and navigate through all of that. Because I think that's a huge challenge. And as somebody who doesn't have a child when it comes to that regard, like that's, I'm very afraid of that because I don't know if like how to navigate those things and if I would be able to sort through a list of self-reflection while I have this (laughs) child like I'm supposed to be taking care of but I just think it's neat how you break that down and and really like bring some calm to that and I feel like that alone could be really empowering to all the women out there that are trying to navigate being a mom and being a wife being a daughter and and building a business all at the same time and and all of those jobs are all full time and none of them have a start or stop. Yes, yes. <laughs> so there's no completion. Being able to reflect on that is really crucial. So that's really awesome. Thanks. I think what's important is you've step number one, let yourself off the hook. Mm. Step number two, realize that any emotion that you have is valid. It's there for a reason. It's there to tell you something about yourself. If you don't like that feeling in the pit of your stomach, it's there for a reason. You know, we talk a lot about anxiety as it's a bad thing. Anxiety actually is our body telling us that we're not present. It's telling us that we're missing what's right in front of us. And if we take a moment and take that deep breath and start looking around, we'll find the thing that is giving us that feeling of like that repetitive thought, that repetitive um, sense of I can't complete or I can't take a breath or I can't whatever. And if you take control of it and realize that you're absolutely in control of your brain, we are all every day have the ability to start a renaissance, you know, in our lives, we can change who we are every possible moment of the day. Mm. And you just have to take a breath and recognize that you have that power and that potential. So you've shared a lot about some strategies and some tactics and especially your mindset and what you focus on being a parent and of course a business owner. Um, (laughs) <clears throat> what are some things that I guess over the course of time, uh, or especially in the last you know year, uh, has been surprises that being a parent, being a business owner, being an entrepreneur, you're like oh man, uh, I did not see that coming. And it could be good, or it could be you know yeah. it, was, it could be a, a hurdle that you had to overcome. Though. Yeah, I think the thing that has really surprised me is I was really good with time boundaries before I became an entrepreneur. You know, like we don't have Wi-Fi at our house. Um, we don't, we don't have cable. We're, we don't do a lot of screen stuff. We watch movies, but that's about it. And I did that specifically because I want to be able to set limits because I'm the type of person that I love to just zone out and that zone out can happen for a really, you know, in a a whole weekend. Hello, Netflix. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So I was told by somebody that time fills up the container that you give it. So time boundaries is, is just the start and stop of when an expect, expected thing is going to happen. You know, like if you go to, we'll just say Facebook, you go to Facebook and you don't set a timer for yourself. When do you get off? Right. You know, when do you actually get off the, the thing? Yeah. And for myself, I needed that like start and stop and I needed to commit to that and really, you know, move forward with that. And as I've had this business, it's a hard, I feel like I never finished the work. And it's hard to put down something that's not finished. And my son has been very uh, vocal about, hey, you're outside of your boundaries on this. Like, you're home. It's you and me. Like, put down the phone. And I appreciate that so much. One, that he has the confidence to give me the feedback. And two, that he recognizes that it's not okay. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that I'm impeding on his time. And that he's saying, hey, I need this back. Like, you're important and I need you to be here in this moment. Because the more that I let go of those boundaries, the more anxious I become. And um, I think that's the thing that's been the most surprising is I had to kind of go back and rework all my boundaries with time um, unexpectedly. I I thought I was a pro. I thought I was like gold star, pro level black belt (laughs) at time boundaries. And it's really thrown me for a loop. And um, I have to stop and say thank you to Kaden, which is my son. Thank you for keeping me accountable. Mm -hmm. I'm going to finish this one thing and in two minutes I will be done. And I have to commit to that because I want him again to be able to trust me. Like we're building a relationship. Right. right? And so I need to do what I say and say what I do uh, because that is the number one rule in our house. You say what you mean, mean what you say. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's, that's one of the things that has just blown me away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and I think you have to build trust with yourself. Yes. Too. And that's definitely yes. something I've been reflecting on. Like, if you promise that you're going to be done in two mm-hmm. minutes, you need to be done in two mm-hmm. minutes. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, then that's going to continue to fuel the stress, the anxiety, the whatever Absolutely. that you're experiencing. Right. Because then you know the next time, well, I didn't do it last time, so I'm not going to do it this time. Right. And you have to yep. build trust with yourself, too. Yeah. Well, in those moments, you have a moment. Uh, Brene Brown, I don't know if you know yes. Brene Brown. She's my spirit animal. I used to, she used to come into my Apple store all the time, and I would always try to get pictures with her. And she's a very sweet and kind woman. Thank you very much, Brene Brown, if you're listening. Um, but she says that in every moment, we have the opportunity to build trust or to betray. Well, we do that with ourselves as well. And every time you build trust, you get more confidence to build trust again. Mm-hmm. And just like you said, if I if I don't live up to my obligation of I'm going to make it to the gym today, then tomorrow it's going to be less likely and less likely mm-hmm. and less likely until you take that stand and say, I'm worth this time and I'm worth saying this is okay and I'm going to do this. I'm going to use these two minutes. Um, we talk about a lot with our employees is think about your future self. What is going to serve your future self in two weeks you know, that pile that you left by the front door, your future self is going to have to deal with that. Is it, is it better for you to just manage it right now? Mm-hmm. Or is it better to, you know, what's your future self going to say? Are they going to be thankful? Or are they going to be like, Ted gummit, Mary from two weeks ago? Like, what were you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so what are, the, what are some of the challenges that you, you maybe feel that you're constantly having to wrangle with? with maybe the, your relationship with your son or just external things that mm. are influences uh, on your on your son that go against the the ethics and the and the principles that you're trying to you know to lead him with um, so things that I mean it could be something at school and whether it's too much social media you know, right. you, you know the, the you know you're, t- you're trying to time block 
Right. And he's, you know, maybe has friends or, well, I don't know, he's five years old, I don't know if he's on social media. I don't know what the kids <laughs> no, are doing these days. No, thank God. No, thank God. So some of the things that, uh, and it may, it, it may not have to be something that's current, maybe it's something that you had to mm-hmm. deal with. Uh, I, I, I hate to say it because it's like a negative thing because I'm sure you probably learned, you know, from it as, as an experience that you maybe weren't enjoying at the time, but you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm, glad we're, I'm glad we're done with that. But yeah, something that, uh, or a few things that, um, you know, were, were difficult challenges uh, and you knew there was like an external challenge. It wasn't something that was internal because you weren't com- you weren't communicating necessarily. It was something that he was coming home from school or wherever and be like, oh my gosh, that, this again. Yeah. So um, we actually had a really surprising one recently. So I am a co-parent. Uh, his father and I are collaborative co-parents. So whenever we decided to have this child and we decided to not be in a romantic partnership, um, I showed up to the table and said, hey, we've, we've got to come up with a mission statement and we need to have our values in line um, because there's going to come times when we don't agree because mm-hmm. we're very different people. Um, we need to have our steps, right? Almost like our mediative practice. <laughs> uh, we recently, and Caden was really young whenever we decided not to be in a romantic partnership. So we haven't lived in the same home since he was a really little kid, mm-hmm. like, a year, you know? So we never thought that he was going to say like, I wish mommy and daddy lived together. And recently that came up mm-hmm. and, uh, he was at his dad's house and there was a book that I had read to him one time when I was at his dad's house. And so they call me on FaceTime and it's a, it's a Monday, Mondays and Tuesdays, Caden's with his dad and the rest of the week he's with me. And so they call me on FaceTime and Caden is bawling. He's absolutely distraught. And I said, you know, what's going on? What's wrong? And he says, do you remember that time that you came to my dad's house and you read me this book? And I said, I do. And then he just, the tears streamed on his face. And I said, what is, what is going on? And he says, it makes me really sad that you and daddy don't live together. And of course I am just like, my heart is shattered, you know, and like I can see Kevin, who was his dad, like he's getting weepy over the, over FaceTime. And I'm like, Kaden, you know, what brought this on? Like, you know, so we had this long conversation and validating feelings. Like, it's, a, it's appropriate that you feel that way. It makes sense. And let's talk about advantages and disadvantages. The advantages of having parents that live together and the disadvantage of having parents that live together. And then vice versa for the, you know, the, for the, the two homes that he has. And, you know, we, we talked about it and we asked for some commitments like, hey, Kaden, what is going to make you feel better about this? Like, we will not live together as a family. We are, you know, together a lot. But what what's going to make make you feel better about this? And he says, I need us to have a slumber party once a month. Check that off. OK, done. We can totally <laughs> manage that. And then the other thing he said was, is I need us to have dinner more often. Okay, and we, we have been in the practice of like twice a month having dinner, but now we're making it a weekly commitment. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that he expressed how he was feeling, you know, and he said what he needed, but that completely took us by complete blindside, <laughs> completely blindsided. And when with further investigation, all of his friends in his class, there's only one kid that has divorced parents in that class. Um, everybody else has, you know, their parents live together. And this is the first time he's been in a group where it, it's so so weighted on the on the married parent side, and it's really it's struck him, you know. And he 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 really was starting to feel the loss of that of something that he didn't even know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's definitely blindsided us. Uh, we touch base and we check back in, and Kevin and I have to be more communicative about it. 
Um, we have to make sure that, hey, did you notice anything today? Has he said anything? But then we also, we don't want to brush it under the rug. Like we want to communicate openly about it. Like, hey, have you had any more thoughts about that conversation that we had? Um, tell me about how you feel about that today. Or, you know, who are the, what do you hear about the advantages of having two parents live together? So. It seems like you, you're very open communicating wise with, with Caden. Uh, you I definitely treat him like not a five-year-old. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it seems like that. And, and I think that, and I'll let you talk more about this because obviously it's your, your relationship, but just from observing just kind of the different things that you've said and different things that I've written down, and um, you definitely have a relationship where, yeah, you don't treat him like a five-year-old and you don't necessarily, I guess, treat him like your son. You treat him like a teammate. You treat him like a partner right. that, you're, that you're working together right. to... You know, as, as a mom, you want to be the best mom. You want to be the best parent. You want to be, you know, the best business owner that you can mm-hmm. be. And, hey, Caden, you got to help me do this. Right. In return, I'm going to help you be the best son and be the best, you know, uh, right. you know student, you know, and, and help you to aspire to whatever you want to be. And it seems like he really gets that. He really understands that. So, I guess, is that purposeful or is that just something that... It is absolutely purposeful. Okay. Um, I decided when Caden was really, really young that, you know, we, we are a community, him and I, like the home that we live in, this is our village. Like it's him and me. And I have no plans to be, I don't, I don't want to get married. It's not my goal. Um, so as for the foreseeable future, I am a solo parent. And until he is an adult on his own and decides to do his own thing, like it's the two of us. Mm -hmm. And there is so, there is only so much time in the day. And I think a lot of times we take for granted how capable children are. I was really fortunate that Caden won the lottery to a a Montessori school in HISD. And so he goes to a Montessori um, program. And the thing that's different about Montessori is that it, it intentionally gives the learners the opportunity to be independent. Mm. And I love that principle so early when Caden was two, I first applied for that program and realized oh my God, this is what I need because I need a child that's independent because I am a very independent person. We are lovey and we we appreciate each other. We're huggy and all that sort of stuff. And also I have set expectations for him. Um, so we talk a lot about the community aspect. You know, when we get home from a day, like I left the house this morning at 6.30 and I will not get home tonight till really late. And, you know, there's some nights, I don't pick Caden up from, from daycare until six. He has to be in bed by 8.30 We've got to get things really moving. Um, But he loves to contribute because he feels a sense of pride. He feels a sense of uh, contribution. And if we teach children what to do instead of just doing it for them, Mm -hmm. they are so much better at being helpful. Mm. You know, a lot of times I see parents get frustrated with their children for not doing something. And I always say, well, did you teach them how? Mm-hmm. Uh, an example, a lady, <laughs> a lady at the airport, we were going somewhere and ever since Caden has been like three, he's carried his own backpack, actually younger than that. Cause that's why I potty trained him. He had to carry his own diapers and then he decided that's he didn't great. want to do that. And so he was like, I'll just go in the potty. And I'm like, great. Now none of us has to carry anything. This is awesome. <laughs> um, but when we go to the airport, I, he holds his own passport and he has to give it to the person and he puts his bag on the, on the, you know, on the wear thingy. Because if I don't show him how to do those things, how will he ever know? Mm -hmm. We have so many opportunities to teach our children. Mm -hmm. 
And we just don't do it because it's easy. Or we just don't do it because I can do it better. You know, I can deal with sheets that aren't folded correctly if my five-year-old did it. You know, yeah. like, absolutely. And that is one of his responsibilities, actually, is, you know, he does sheets and towels on Sundays. And he is so thrilled to be completed with that task. Like, whenever he goes to bed Sunday night on his clean sheets, he's like, doesn't these clean sheets feel so good? Oh my gosh. <laughs> he just loves it, you know? And he'll ask me, he's like, what do you think about the sheets? Do they feel good? Like, he's he's so excited about that. <laughs> it's too funny. Um, but it's because I taught him how to do it. And it's a small task, right? Like, I intentionally bought sheets and towels that match so there's no bleed. I don't have to worry about, like, a pink on white situation sure. in the... In the um, washing machine I made the task work for him in his developmental stage and people are always shocked they're like wait your kid's doing laundry I'm like it's not hard (laughs) it's not a difficult task you just have to show someone how to do it Mm -hmm. I want him to be a person that he's proud of I want him to be a partner that is a contributor I want him to be a person that is integral in helping a community whether that's in his own home or broader our our goal I, I mentioned our mission statement that we have as parents um, our goal is to have a son that respects himself and respects other people. Whatever he does in that, in those boundaries, we're for it. Mm-hmm. I have no expectations of him other than that. Makes you want to cry. That. <laughs> <laughs> now, having having the idea of the mission statement and just your whole mindset and your approach to parenting. <laughs> I mean, did that come from your parents? Was that something that you no. learned, you know, over time? Uh, is this, you know, books that you read, mm. other people, and you know, your allies on your know, list yeah. of allies that you surrounded yourself with? Right. Talk a little bit about maybe how your approach to parenting and, and the application of parenting, yeah. and maybe where that came from. Yeah, I think it's a collaboration of a lot of things. Um, first and foremost, um, I was in a big emotional place. Uh, you know, I was recovering from postpartum. Caden's dad had a lot of patterns of behavior that he wasn't really comfortable with. We were both, we were just an emotional firestorm. And I knew that emotions were not a way to manage the experience of this child. And so I, I approached it like a business. You know, you and I, for the foreseeable future, are going to be partners. We're a little bit married in the mm-hmm. sense that we are, we are coming together to create an experience for this kid so that he becomes the respectful person that respects himself, you know? And so I had, I just thought about like, you know, this is Caden Inc. And we have to treat this like a business. And so that's what I did. And I thought about, you know, there's going to come a time when when things don't go well. And I thought, okay, I have employees. What, when things don't go right, I have a handbook, right? Well, we made a handbook. We figured it out ahead of time when we were clear headed. And, you know, part of our action steps is if we don't agree on something, then we have to give it time. If we don't agree on a big thing, it's three days. And after three days, if we still don't agree, then we have a list of allies that we are allowed to go to. We call them our council, right? You can go to your council that I've approved over here. <laughs> I can go to the council that he's approved over here. And then we can kind of get some words around it. There's no decision. Well, I shouldn't say no decision. There are very few decisions that have to be made in a second. <laughs> we, The reason that we add time to our decision-making, especially big things, is because if you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired... You're not, you're not using your creative thinking. Your innovation isn't there. Your ability to see someone else's perspective is gone. And how am I going to show my son how to be a diplomatic, caring person if I can't communicate with, the, the, with half of his DNA, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's, that was the whole idea, was we, just, we have to get smart and make sure that we stay out of the emotional 
drama because the drama is what keeps you from creating a great experience. Sure. Yeah. Can you be awesome. my mom? <laughs> well, you know, I was going to say, you know, I was going to make a joke that, you know, it's like Caden Inc. And I was going to say, so can we just have him and then you just start over again? Yeah, you know? let's give you Caden. Yes. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, it seems I, like he's off to a great start. We'll just adopt him and, you know, like, yeah, yeah, this is our child. Yeah, we're parents now. Yeah, he's, he is off to a great start and he is the alpha and omega of my motherhood. Like, He's the beginning and the end, and I'm not. I'm not doing it again. Like I'm done. Poor <laughs> SOL, man. <laughs> Sorry. I love. I I fall in love with this boy so much. I can't. I can't give him to you. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> Good for you. So a couple of different. Uh, a couple of questions that we try to like to we we like to go through with all of our guests, mm-hmm. and because we're we're always interested in in, in the different inspirations for people, mm-hmm. whether whether it's the people in their lives, whether it's the experiences in their lives, whether it's the books in their lives, or whatever. So, talk a little bit about uh, different books yeah. that you've read. It, it, it could be, you know, you read this book 20 years ago, it still, it mm-hmm. still speaks to you, or it could be a book that you're reading now. Fiction, nonfiction, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, just books that are impactful in your life and that they, they, it stays with you. Okay. Um, first and foremost, I would say uh, Boundaries by Henry Cloud. Um, it's, a, it's a book that I feel like they should teach in school. It's understanding your responsibilities, my responsibilities, the difference in between, you know, how hurt feelings happen, how missed expectations happen. Boundaries is a starter that I think every person in the world should read um, because it also helps you with your own personal boundaries and yourself. You know, how do I keep myself accountable? Mm -hmm. Those sorts of things. Um, Harry Potter. I know this sounds nuts, but like Harry Potter is, um, oh, there's so many wonderful things to learn from that series of books first and foremost that we have the capacity to change the world every day you know uh, Dumbledore says um, you just have to remember to turn on the light that's the truth like you have the power to turn on the light everybody does yeah. and I, I so I love those those kind of um, that kind of stuff in the uh, the Deathly Hollows um, it's about being present you know the the man who had the um, the elder wand he just wanted power for the future. Like he wanted, he was thinking about the future, and he just wanted to be the biggest person, the you know the the most powerful wizard uh, in the future. The the guy with the stone, the resurrection stone, he was worried about the past, but the man who kept himself safe with the cloak of invisibility, he was worried about his present. He was worried about like how do I enjoy the most out of the time that I have right here, and I just love that symbolism so much and. So my, my son is of the church of Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> he is waiting for his owl. He's counting down the days to 11. I've got to figure out how to get an owl. I don't, I don't know how we're going to work that out. but yeah. <laughs> um, And then everything by Brene Brown. I love Brene Brown. Um, she does a lot of work on shame mm-hmm. and a lot of work on uh, trust and openness. And through her work, along with um, the people that I just am surrounded by, um, Caden's grandmother on his dad's side is a really big part of my being able to take a breath and recognize that I, um, I have the potential and I have the capability. Her name's Terry. Terry's wonderful. Caden calls her Noonie. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom, her, Caden calls her Meemaw. Uh, Meemaw is very, she's very good at like shooting it straight. You know, like mm-hmm. she tells you when like, yeah, you're not, yeah, yeah, you need to. Maybe you should reconsider this. You know, she's really good at that. Um, 
And then I had a, a great life coach. Um, his name was Adam, and Adam was wonderful. He was really integral. He came into my life at just the right time, kind of as a guidepost. And some of the books and just some of the work that he had me go through was just so powerful, impactful. And I think the most recent book that has been helpful to me is uh, The Five Second Rule yes. by Mel Robbins. I love that because it's just start. Just start. Just do what you've got to do and just get it done. Mm -hmm. And that's where I kind of get my ideas around, like, you're protecting your future self. Mm -hmm. And um, my best friend, Daryl. I have a best friend who's wonderful. We travel the world together. And what I love so much about Daryl is he is amazing at being logical. I have a tendency to be really emotional. And he has, he's such a good logical thinker, but he's got great compassion in his logic. And so he has taught me so much in his ability to just stay calm and cool-headed and just know that everything's going to be okay. And so kind of our, our whole, my whole community is, is in, contributes in those ways. And, uh, but those are the three that really like, man, I needed these people. I'm so glad y'all showed up. <laughs> Love that. So talk about success and what is your definition of success? And maybe if, if there are people that inspire you that are living out that. They're not necessarily your idols. Right. But there are people that I love this about. The, you know, just for example, like Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. uh, she, she's amazing. She's an amazing author. She's right here in Houston, which is amazing. She I love, is. I love I that we have her is. in Houston. <laughs> um, and so just talk about uh, your definition of success mm -hmm. and some people that, you know, in your opinion, are, are, are living that out or are pretty darn close to living it out. Okay. Ooh, okay. My definition of success, I would say, is knowing your truth, living your truth, and expressing your truth. And that might look different for everybody, right? But I feel like that's true success, that you have the option to do it, mm -hmm. first and foremost. Um, I would say the person that I, or the people that I would say are doing that, um... Danielle Laporte, I don't know if you've ever heard of her. Mm -mm. She's an interesting gal, um, but she is somebody that works really hard on her, like living her truth and figuring out that. It, and the reason why truth is such an important thing for me is I feel like we live a lot of narratives that other people have told us. Mm -hmm. We don't necessarily live the life that we have manufactured. We live the things that other people have. And um, I love people that can get to the, like, the real root of who they are and what they're about. Mm -hmm. and, and then proceed to, to living that way. And Danielle Laporte is one of those people. Um, I would, my best friend Daryl is one of those people. <laughs> he knows what he wants and he goes after it and he does it in a way that is encompassing of, um, love and compassion, but also self-responsibility. Like he is a hundred percent aware that he is the one that if he wants something done, he's going to make it happen. And I love that kind of direction focus. Um, yeah. Awesome. I like that. I've never heard that before. Knowing your truth, living your truth, and expressing your truth. Is yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. That's very cool. I'll we'll have to I'll have to check out Danielle Danielle Laporte. Danielle Laporte. Okay. She's an interesting gal from Canada. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I like it. <laughs> Any specific advice for entrepreneurs and parents, mm -hmm. or entrepreneurs that maybe you are going to be parents one day right. and like they're, they think their hair is going to be on fire forever. Right. Cause like, I don't know how we're going to do this. So, I mean, you're, you're doing it. You're rocking it. So you're, you're some you're, days you're, better than others. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, yeah. So you talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I would say first and foremost, know that uh, having children is like having a tattoo on your face. You are 110% committed. It never goes away, right? Like we can ask Mike Tyson, you know. Um, the same thing with a business though. Mm-hmm. You know, I find that there are so many parallels in parenting and in entrepreneurship because you're constantly trying to think about, am I creating an experience for my child or my customer mm-hmm. that is going to help them grow, that is going to make them feel a certain way, that is going to, you know, for our customers, it is, is it going to help them expand and want to, you know, work with us more? For my child, is it going to help their thinking and their perspective and their knowledge of the world? Um, all that to say, I think the most important thing when you are a business owner, when you are a parent, when you are doing the, both of those things simultaneously, is understand that at the end of the day, you're a human being. You would not be in the places that you are if you did not have the capacity to manage it. Stop what you're doing. Take a deep breath and know that there's purpose in the struggle. Mm -hmm. The sword does not get polished without the stone. Mm -hmm. So it's okay to be in struggle. And it's okay for things to absolutely hit the fan. If you know what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) And then also when it feels really, really rough and you're struggling, treat yourself the way that you would treat that three-year-old child of yours. Treat yourself the way that you would treat a young person because you still are that young person. That young person still lives inside of you. How would you talk to them? How would you care for them? Because just like when you're on the airplane, you have to give oxygen to yourself first. Mm -hmm. If you take care of yourself, the other things seem to work out. If you take care of yourself and allow other people to take care of themselves, the grown-ups, so to speak, Mm -hmm. your employees, Mm -hmm. you know, the the grown-ups around you, if you don't manage their lives and let them manage themselves, things work out really well. And then all of a sudden you have the space to take care and manage this child. I just love you. And I'm so grateful for the time that you've spent with us today and sharing all of the things. You just have so much like passion and wisdom and just beautiful things. I know every time I talk to you about life, you just, I'm just like, Mary said this amazing thing. <laughs> like, you just get it. And I love that. And I'm grateful for you and all the introspection and growth that you've done for yourself because you are for sure impacting your community and and just doing amazing things with your words with your business um you're just wonderful so we're very grateful for you you. thank you for being here absolutely thank you so much i appreciate it humans are so messy and complicated (laughs) it's just so great to to be just to be a part and experience with people and you're some of my favorite people so thank you thank you thank you likewise yeah (laughs) so before we let you go Where can people find All Organized if they want to check you out, see what you're up to on social media or whatever, or if they need your services, how do they get a hold of you? Absolutely. So the best place to uh, see some of our work and to also be entertained by our ridiculous videos would be uh, facebook.com forward slash All Organized. You can also find us on our website, www.allorganizedpro.com. We do free consultations. If you're interested in a consultation, it's info at allorganizedpro.com. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Mary, you're fantastic. Thank you. Thanks. Hey, everyone. Before you go, we just wanted to say thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, then be sure to check us out every Wednesday for our latest episode. 
visit us at everstoncooper.com slash podcast or find us on iTunes or any other podcast players. Thanks for listening.